Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of the Diz Explorers podcast, where every week we explore different aspects of the vast Disney universe. So this week, we're running at half throttle. We've got three of the six of us tonight. So joining myself this week is Melanie. Hey there. And we've got Milford. Hello. So tonight, we've got a few topics we're going to discuss. Before we get started, I just wanted to mention just a little bit of news that came across the wire today that I saw on, on Twitter, the little bit that I got a chance to look. And with the Main Street Electrical Parade ending on October 9th of this year, along with it, the dinner package will obviously not be offered because we don't really know what is coming in its place as of right now. So in lieu of that, they are switching over to a lunch package for the Festival of Fantasy Parade, which will begin on October 10th. So it's also going to be offered at Tony's Town Square, which is where the nighttime parade dinner was offered also. I believe the pricing is the same. I didn't check the old one. It's 45 for adults, 17 for kids. You can order off the lunch menu. And then after that, they provide seating near the flagpole with a reserved ticket or they escort you out there. I'm not sure exactly how it works. I've never done it before. That's the major news that I've heard. Today, they've been releasing videos for with the food and wine starting on the 14th. They've, Disney's been re- releasing some snippets of their merchandise that they're offering this year, and some of it looks really cool. There's a nice group of pins, one of which my pin that I'm going to be standing in line for is they have one of Yzma and Kronk, which is always awesome. It's a pretty cool looking pin. He's got his oven mitts on. He's holding a tray of some sort of cakes or something and Yzma's... Squeak, squeaking. Squeak, squeaker. Exactly. Exactly. You can never have enough Kronk. So some other Some other great things. There's a lot of figment themed stuff. There was salt and pepper shakers with figment on it and oven mitts and great t-shirts and stuff like that tumblers and all sorts of great stuff so i'm glad i'm hitting the festival this year at the beginning because those last that last week they do tend to run thin on stuff they do i usually go at the end and there's nothing yeah the only good thing is uh, because i've caught the end of flower and garden a couple years if they do have stuff left they're trying to get rid of it so you can get it you can't negotiate but sometimes you'll get up to like 25% off and then plus if you're DVC or AP or any of those other things it's another 10% so you can get a good discount on stuff so it is good if you're willing to just pick from whatever's left mm-hmm. but but if you want like your size of shirt and some of these pins which will probably go pretty quick for those right. collect pins it's good to get there within the first month or so i'd say Take lots of so, pictures for us. I will. I will. Yeah. So, so next Monday, you you guys will not be able to hear my voice because I will be there. <laughs> my wife and I are traveling down to Disney World f- September 18th through the 23rd. So we'll be there for food and wine, and we're doing a bunch of other stuff, which I won't get into now. Get on to our main topic of the evening. One of them is, which is great that we have Melanie and Milford with us tonight because they are the two that are well-versed in this. So on the Disney Cruise Lines, unbeknownst to me until it was mentioned recently on this podcast, uh, <laughs> they do a fun thing on on everybody's cabin doors called Fish Extenders. And I will let 
Melanie Milford explained that because they've both participated in this, and I've seen pictures of what they've done, and it seems like a really awesome thing and just another fun little thing on the cruise that just makes it that much more personal between guests, which is always the besides the experiences you get on any Disney property, parks, boat, wherever, the personal experiences you gain with cast members and meeting new people and like-minded people is is always what I take away as, as the best thing. And being a lover of all things Disney and stuff like that, you get to geek out with other people, and it's just a great thing. So I'll let these two take it away and explain away about these fish extenders. Sure. Well, when you when you travel with Disney Cruise Line, outside of your stateroom door, you will have a fish, a seahorse, or a starfish, depending on your stateroom location. The port side, the port side staterooms on the Dream and the Fantasy will have a seahorse. On the starboard side, on all four ships, you'll have the fish, and up in the concierge rooms you'll have a starfish but basically what these fish and starfish are doing they are a little they're they're pulled out a little bit from the wall they're a great place for guest services or your stateroom host to leave notes for you well several several years ago a clever disney cruiser realized you could hang stuff from that fish (laughs) (laughs) you could hang something from there and they're, they're they're only pulled out from the wall a little bit but just enough for you to drape over what we have affectionately come to know as today's fish extenders. And these are basically banners, usually ranging from 8 to 10 inches wide, with pockets. They are banners with pockets. And what these banners with pockets do is they facilitate what is called the fish exchange. And if fish extenders, fish exchange, they sound the same. So think of the fish extender as the fish extends down with the banner. So the banner is the extension of the fish, so to speak. And those pockets, they're like Christmas stockings at sea. <laughs> they're, they're intentionally small. They're about the size of a full-grown man's hand. I have, I'm five foot eight. I have very large hands. I can palm a volleyball. And a pocket's about the size of my hand. So well, I can say that. <laughs> my wedding ring's a size 10. I kid you not. Wow. So I know you never knew that, did you? No, that's that's, that's <laughs> things you'd learn about me. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty close to mine, but mine no longer I'm... comes off my fat little Italian fingers anymore, so <laughs> <laughs> So yes, so I, I I have no problem with the size of my hands. I've had this size hand since the eighth grade, I kid you not. Whether I was a scrawny thing or someone with mom curves, that's just the size of my hands. So these fish exchange pockets are about the size of an adult's hand and they're little pockets for you to slip in a small gift. And to get these gifts, you also have to agree to give gifts. It's kind of how it works. You join what is called a fish exchange group and you do this usually months before you sail. Facebook has some wonderful, what or has come to be known as cruise meet groups to find one, all you have to do is go to that Facebook search engine. And if you're sailing on, let's say, the Disney Dream on March 20th, 2017, put that in the, in the, to the Facebook search engine and then click. And when you're narrowing down your results, narrow it down by groups. And you will find one or two groups where you can join. And usually within those groups, you will find some guest organizing a fish exchange. Now, it is important. Important to know that Disney Cruise Line in no way 
is officially affiliated with these fish exchanges. This is a guest-led initiative. So if you've got a problem with someone in your fish exchange group, Disney's not going to help you out. (laughs) (laughs) You're on your own. Something goes wrong, and I can say it has, I've never experienced anything but wonderful things going on with fish exchanges, but as as I mean, the world's not perfect. There are people who have had issues with the fish exchange group of all the things in the world. And that is up to you guys, up to the guests participating to resolve any issues. Disney allows it. Disney knows it goes. I'm sure they know it goes on. They know everything that goes on on the ships. <laughs> yeah. And it's not something that they sanction or don't sanction. They know it happens. And as long as the guests participating do so. By following the rules of Disney ships as to what you can and cannot bring on board the ship, Disney stays out of it and lets the guests have a good time with this, which I think is fantastic. So you join a fish exchange group. Usually a leader puts together either a Word document or a little spreadsheet, very simple spreadsheet, where you sign up. You sign up with your name and the name of everyone in your family who's going to be participating, your stateroom number, Usually you add in food allergies because sometimes some people will want to give candy type or food gifts. If you are giving food gifts, they do need to be sealed in the manufacturer's packaging. That's that comes up quite a bit. Disney does not allow you to bring open food items on board, but yeah, so you sign up with that information and then you proceed with the creative gift assembling (laughs) and it's really fun. You can get very creative with the gifts because they not only do they need to be small, they need to fit in your budget. Now, there's no set budget for any fish exchange group. It's up to each individual participant to decide what they're comfortable spending on these. I can tell you I have found some fantastic finds on clearance, off-season crafts, things like that, where I could spend as little as a dollar per gift. I've spent as much as $10 per gift. It just depends on the gift, who you're giving it to, and the like. But when you're on board, you, you assemble your gifts. When you're on board, you get to go play Secret Santa. You know, usually I try to do it in the evening, but goodness knows I wear those scopolamine patches for seasickness, so I am out like a light by 10.30. <laughs> I'm so bad. So I, I end up going very, very early in the morning because when I go to bed early, I wake up early. And I like delivering to all the different staterooms and seeing their fish extenders and their stateroom doors and things like that. So it's really, really fun. And then my kids love coming back to our staterooms after we've been at the pool or a show and finding neat little gifts and trinkets left in their pocket. So it's really, really cool. Just think of it in the most simple terms as a not-so-secret Santa at sea, where the fish extender is your stocking. And each member of your family gets a pocket and you've got an exchange group where you get gifts for every single person in the group or each stateroom. If you want to do a stateroom gift, that's fine, too. But the, the fun is, you know, seeing the creativity of the other guests and really getting to know them, especially if you're traveling and it's just your little nuclear family, you know, four or five of you. You, you get to meet these other families usually months ahead of time on Facebook. So you don't feel so lonely on a ship with 4,000 other guests if you're on one of the big one or, you know, 1,700, 1,800 guests if you're on the Wonder or the Magic. But 
So you get to know a few families ahead of time. We met our cruising BFFs through a fish exchange. We actually went and visited them this past summer in their hometown, and they've come down here a couple of times. So these fish exchange groups are for the, forming relationships with other guests primarily, and I think the gifts are just a way to facilitate that. Milford, have you ever done these? Yeah, so, you know, we, my wife and I, we took our first cruise in 2008. Um, we cruised on the member cruise, which is a little DVC member cruise, which is a little different because it's a lot more adults, not as many kids. But uh, in 2010, we did that cruise again and through another podcast to be unnamed forums, we all <laughs> got to know each other. You know, right? months before we went on the cruise. So we all, our whole little group in our little discussion group on these boards put together our own fish extender. And, you know, we we did our fish extenders. And, and like you said, the creativity is just, it, it, it it's amazing. You know, my, my really wife made be. my wife made glasses for everybody because we call our group the Diz Peeps now. Uh, one oh. year she made etched glasses, so she printed all these things out with her cricket and mm-hmm. then etched glasses for everybody that said Diz Peeps on it in the year. So, you know, I've got it, to sail it, with it's you. All kinds of things like that <laughs> that people do. Uh, there was another group that, well, we cruised with them over uh, New Year's here a year and a half, two years ago, and one of the couples made up Tervis mugs with. And they were frozen themed Tervis mugs, so it had cool. it had the snow. It had Olaf on it, and it had our names on it in vinyl. Uh, it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. And some of the people will give gifts that are reflective of their hometown or home country. When we sailed to Alaska, we had a family from Japan who had some of the most creative gifts. There were um, fans and Japanese candies that the kids just went crazy over. We had a family from Australia who brought in trinkets as well. And that that I loved. Um, on my wall, I still have it. There's a We were given as a thank you card a, a postcard from the Walt Disney Family Museum. Oh, and cool. I still have that on my wall with my Disney pictures. I thought that was a really interesting way to give a thank you for the gifts. And so the, the local flair is one thing that people like to do if they've got something local to them that they're particularly proud to show off. I don't know what I would do. I'm in North Carolina, maybe bring baby bottles of barbecue sauce. <laughs> well, you know, and you know? before they changed the rules about alcohol on the boat, we used to have mm-hmm. adult fish extenders. Yes. And you brought a bottle, you brought little sample bottles of liquor from your region of the, wherever you live. Right. So if we had guys from Canada, they were bringing Canadian mist. Uh, right. Or, or Crown Royal. If they were from England, they might have brought... Uh, Jameson, uh, you know, those kinds of things. And the little, right. you know, the little sample bottles like you get on the airline. Little nips. Exactly. I, yeah. Exactly. I had thought about the two before our last cruise. They had just changed the rules and we were going to bring 
those little cans of what's that, that Donald Duck orange juice. Yep. With a little bottle of Malibu. There you go. We were oh, going to put yeah. those for the gifts for the adults, but they changed the rules. Luckily, I got the notification before I went out and had bought my supplies. <laughs> but so that that changed up my plans a little bit. But I, I understand why they did that. But it, so people do get creative. And another trend that I found it that's coming up, it's an up and coming trend with fish exchanges is a recipe exchange for the people, especially the adults traveling who don't necessarily want trinkets and they don't want to spend money. I mean, you're already spending a lot of money on this cruise um, where they will make up recipe cards, either something hometown or something, maybe a Disney recipe that they particularly enjoy so they'll put a photo and the recipe on a card with a note, and then they'll exchange those in the pockets, too. So it's like a giftless gift exchange that some of the adults are, are really enjoying. And I really love that idea of just using the fish exchange as a way to get to know other people. And the stuff, does it doesn't necessarily have to involve stuff. <laughs> stuff that you have to pack. Right, right. I mean, these were very light packers. <laughs> mm. I don't know what light packing looks like personally. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> I, I can I, I teach travel you. with a 29 inch suitcase, you know, and a carry on. <laughs> I don't do I light packing. I can teach packing. you. No, no, I don't believe in it. <laughs> oh, but the creativity, it, it's all really about the cre- being thoughtful and creative more than spending money on the gifts. I, like I said, your gifts could be a dollar. They could be $10. It's really not about the dollar amount. Although I do caution you if you're dealing with getting gifts for 50, potentially 50 to 60 guests. Oh my God. And that's yeah. what you're committing to. You're committing to this. If you're going to join a fish exchange group and agree to receive all of these small gifts, you are going to be responsible for giving them as well. I don't want to tell you this horror stories I've heard about people just not participating. Like, Putting, putting out the fish extender, but just not doing it or just dropping it the last second. You're, you're committing to this. It's fun. But as someone who just assembled her fish ex- exchange mm-hmm. gifts for my cruise, which is coming up in two and a half weeks, I, I did all my assembly today. You're committing. I had a ball putting it together and gathering. I call them ingredients. Gathering each bit of what I did for my Fish exchange, and I can't say anything yet because people may be listening. <laughs> so I'm not saying what it, but I assembled it all today, and I loved, I love that feeling of it being complete finally because it's a good feeling. But it's a commitment, so if you're gonna do it, commit to do it, have a good time with it, have fun. It's about fun and meeting other guests, but stick to that budget because if you're getting fifty or sixty gifts. And if you say, hey, I'm going to spend $5 per gift. Well, you know what 50 times 5 is. A lot. <laughs> so, a lot. Yeah. And, and it can get out of hand <laughs> very quickly if you do not stick to your budget. So I was helping a reader over at DCL Prep School plan a couple of things for a cruise late in spring. And you can find things like after Halloween or during the holiday clearances. You know, her cruise will be after Easter. So... There will even be Easter things that she can, you know, incorporate into her gift idea. So look for those clearance times. Um, if you're looking for nautical gifts, we're kind of in that zone right now in September as they're clearing out all of that summer beach things. 
Yep. So if you're looking for beachy type items right now, that's all on clearance. It, if you're listening to us in December, I'm saying this in September. <laughs> so <laughs> September is a great time to get nautical items on clearance. <clears throat> and, you know, I have a Disney dresser in my closet. Don't we all have Disney dresser? <laughs> I, I think pretty much my dresser is just, yeah. Some of us have that, more that, than one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, and my husband has tried to get me to get rid of that dresser in the closet so many times. I'm like, where am I going to put all of this stuff if I don't have this dresser in here? And it's my dresser from when I was a kid. So it is in horrid condition. Oh. <laughs> it's on its last last leg. The drawer pulls are like all pulled off, but it is full with our Disney shirts. Our fish extenders live in there. When I pick up things for our fish, future fish exchange groups, whether it's craft supplies or just the gifts, because I'm only semi-crafty personally. Sometimes I can craft it. Sometimes I have to just buy the thing. Mm-hmm. So that's where it all goes. All of my Disney stuff is in that dresser. So. Keep it ahead of time. If you know you're going to be sailing in about a year, go ahead and get get those ideas rolling early on so that when you're down to the last two and a half weeks like I am right now, you're not freaking out. You're happy because you're done. Yeah, and you and can't your, wait until it just happens. And your cricket and Oriental Trading <laughs> Company and the party place. Yes. Yeah. If you hit the yes. party place and Oriental Trading Company after the holidays, like Lit. you were saying... Lakeside collection. Lakeside collections. Pirate stuff right now. I mean, Halloween stuff has hit the stores, but, you know, how, you know, pirate accessories, your pirate patches, you know, hooks, things you can find that are are really readily available that you know there's going to be some sitting there on November 1st. That's a great time to buy your pirate gear, November 1st. So wait for that. That Halloween. Well, you're going to have somebody in your group that's going to give gifts every night. Don't feel obligated that you have to give every night because somebody in your group did. No. I will say I'm we a, have, we have one a gift per person person. We have a couple in our group that travels with us all the time and mm-hmm. love them to death, but they give us something every night and it's like, oh my. That's a lot of <laughs> well, walking I, the halls. I know you're listening to me, probably listen. <laughs> this podcast this week <laughs> sorry love you guys but you know we feel bad when you guys give us stuff every night and we don't have something to reciprocate so and like i said some people will give a one larger stateroom gift for the entire family whether it's you know a nice set of mugs or you oh, know yeah. one of you know one of the higher quality picture frames we've gotten a couple of those that are, were beautiful so Sometimes you will get a stateroom gift that's for the entire family. Or it'll just be packaged like that. You can tell the individual items are for individual people, but they'll be packaged as one gift. And that sometimes I think that helps with traveling. But <laughs> So keep uh-huh. in mind the size of the pockets. They are small. We're talking about usually 8 by 5 pockets, 8 by 6 inches for each of these little pockets and the fact that you not only have, you have to carry the stuff to the ship, whatever you are taking home is also going to fit in your luggage. So definitely keep that in mind over on dclprepschool.com. I have an entire FAQ dedicated to fish extenders and the fish exchange process. You'll see the fish extender I just made for our cruise. I, 
I kind of got a little crafty this time. I The fish extenders that I ordered for our very first cruise are beautiful. But since I'm not cruising with my family this time, I ended up making a new one for my roomie and myself. And I think it kind of came out stinking cute, personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's all burlapy and autumnal, but it's a Halloween on the high seas cruise. It's all Halloween-y. I like it. It's, so, very, it's very cool, I can say. I, I saw it. Thank you. I got cra- My daughter and I got crafty together, and we had a good time doing that. So even and I thought that was very nice of her to help out considering she's not even going on this cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't give me too hard of a time about it. They know mama needs to get away too. Whew. They're older it's now. It's work, so. right? Yeah. Well, this actually it is for Keycon, which is the key to the world travel agency is which is all the prep school sites are affiliated with them. It is their annual Keycon and this year since we are doing a land and sea Adventure, we have dubbed it Seacon. So it is for Seacon. I will be rooming with one of the fantastic agents. I don't think she knows what she's getting into rooming with me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It could be a great experience for her or it could be awful. (laughs) Now, how how could it be awful? I can't see it being awful. Y'all only see me. Y'all don't even see me. Y'all only hear me. Y'all don't have to live with me. <laughs> I have um Casey, who is the editor and over at Disney, at the Disneyland prep school site, DLR Prep School. She's actually my roomie for the land portion. We'll be staying at the Contemporary for that part of the conference. And then for the sea, I'll have a, a fabulous roommate who is one of the agents over at Key to the World. So she'll be my roomie for the sea part so i'll have a couple of different roomies for this convention so each one only has to take me in small doses <laughs> three nights each i think i think we'll be okay you will survive i'm a i'm a good roommate i promise i try to be <laughs> but yeah so over on dcl prep school you'll see all of my tips and tricks as well as some easy ideas for the not so crafty people when it comes to fish exchanges. So there's a little search engine up at the top of the website. Just type in fish. Uh, just type in fish. You may have to type in fish exchange or fix extender or anything. Just type in fish and you will see all the crazy goodness that a fish exchange can be. I know I just have a few things I was jotting down as you guys were talking. Just I didn't want to interrupt, so I figured I'd wait till the end with just a few Really? That's questions. so unlike you. I know. Well, I was just, you know, I was rolling with it. Jump in any time. You know me. Jump um, in. I tried. It didn't work, though. <laughs> you make me spit uh, my water out. <laughs> like it's only water. Well, you you started it off. The mom curve thing got me going. Almost spit my rum all over my computer. <laughs> oh, gosh. Three kids will do it to you every time. I hear you. But anyway. <laughs> I'm not talking about your mom curves. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh Milford, she's laughing at us. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's. I am. I'm laughing. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Boy, the, the other three don't know what they're missing this week. I know, right? <laughs> Mel comes back, it all falls apart. <laughs> <It's>, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so alrighty. questions. So questions. All right. So I know you mentioned that at the beginning of it that these hang on the wall so they they don't hang on the door they hang on the walls like the actual 
There is a fish. If you look on my Ultimate Fish Exchange FAQ and you scroll down, you will see an adorable picture of one of my cousin's little girls. She's adorable. And you'll see the stateroom door. And to the left of this door, depends on where your door is, whether it's to the left or the right, you can see a fish hanging right above the stateroom numbers. Oh, okay. And see. you'll see the ribbon just slides behind the ribbon that holds the banner slides right behind the fish and it extends downward. Okay. So it's a hook. That's... So it's, a ver- it's like a hook. Yes. The fish, it acts like a hook. Okay. I just We're didn't know if it was to... something that like people were sticking on those command hooks everywhere or if it was something that was provided by no, Disney as part of the ship. Not at all. In fact, do not adhere anything <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't... to that wall. You or may use door. magnets on the doors, but do not right. use adhesives or hooks or over the door hanger. Don't do any of that. In fact, and that part of the wall is a wooden veneer thing, yes. so magnets won't even stick won't even to that. Stick. But yeah, yeah. No. So okay. No, 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 no. It, the the fish acts as your hook. Gotcha. And we probably between the two of us probably got some pictures we can post up on the blog too. So oh, absolutely. If Jessica or anybody wants to steal any of the pictures from me or over on our over on the DCL Prep School Facebook page, you'll see some pictures over there as well. If you scroll down, it's probably been about a week and a half since we were going through this. But yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Definitely, and you'll see there was an infographic that I made because I had gotten asked a thousand times, so I knew it was on their minds. Why is it called a fish extender? So I made the graphic as there's the fish. And it extends down, and I like <laughs> drew the arrow, and, and and it's kind of my tongue-in-cheek answer because really it is that simple. Well, I mean, I, get, I felt kind of stupid asking the question. It's no, like, all right, no, I mean, no. I, I mean, I thought you said it was hanging on the wall. I'm like, well, how did the fish is on the wall? Bringing... The banner hangs from the fish. <laughs> okay, I got you. All right, but yeah, so it it literally it's that simple, and that's how it. I, I'm gonna go with that's the history of the name. I don't know who first coined the term, but. It really is just a fish banner that extends down. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, well, hey, plain and simple. It nomenclature. Works. Nomenclature. <laughs> well, that's my next point. Speaking of nomenclature, I'm calling Disney out. Now, you said that there's a fish, a starfish, mm-hmm. and a seahorse. Why? Yes. Why is the starfish in the concierge level and not on the starboard side? Okay, so this is there's no right part- answer. <laughs> There's no right answer as to why, but I will tell you that when it comes to the seahorse and the fish, the fish will be on the starboard side and your seahorse will be on the port side. And that's, I believe it's only on the dream and the fantasy that they did this. And it's just a visual cue. So you know, which side of the ship you're on. No, I get it. But it's just, you know, star, starboard. I don't know. That's where my mind went with it. I would too. I think, (laughs) I think concierge, it's more of the five star service kind of thing. Oh, so I think that Mm. has more to do. And I believe that's only on the fantasy and the dream. I think I I have to go look at my, I don't remember pictures on the magic and the wonder. I don't think they're different on there. I don't remember seeing them at all when I went on my cruise. Sorry. Hold on. Let me pull some pictures from my last cruise, and I can tell you. I mean, I've said it on here. I've only been on one. It was 2002 on the Magic, so I'm, I know much has changed on those ships in the past 16, <laughs> uh, 14 years. So. Not a thing. Yeah. No, no nothing. Uh, you know, it was only a big giant slide, and 
such mm-hmm. pirate parties. Let's and, see. Yeah, it's. And then the only other thing I I was wondering about, which without going into crazy details on it, you guys had mentioned about rules changing. I guess as far as as the bringing alcohol onto the ship. So I didn't know if that was like a what were the old ones and what were the new ones. Just because I know that's probably a heavy subject for people who want to travel on the ship and bring uh, booze with them or. Yeah, so before September of last year, you could bring two bottles of wine per person. Like the regular regular size, like a 175? Yeah, yeah the seven, 750. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or two, I believe it was two six-packs of beer per person. Okay. Or you could bring spirits as long as... They were, and you could bring any of this as long as it was in your carry-on. It could not be in your check. Right, package. right. Last year in September, just before September last year, they did a policy change. You could no longer bring spirits on board. Wow. On the day of embarkation, you can buy spirits on the islands, like in Nassau or Cozumel or wherever you're in port. But when you bring it back to the boat, they will confiscate it and they will check it and store it with the uh, duty-free stuff. And then really? you'll get it back. You'll get it when you check out that day. No and kidding. And they have a when desk you... in the terminal for that. Actually, wow. when we got off of the Magic, they were there was a table, almost like you know, card table for Thanksgiving. <laughs> a long, long <laughs> card table. Kids it, table. Right in front of the Port Adventures desk. Right. And they handed it to you right yeah. as you got off the ship. Yeah, oh, wow. You just handed them, and they're like, what's your room number, ID, and then they handed you your packages. But Super that, simple to reclaim it. Even though they got rid of you bringing spirits, you mm-hmm. could still bring two bottles of wine per person and two six-packs of beer per person. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh. So they didn't do away with that. Right. right. So there, there is some that is still allowed, and depending on your need for alcohol in your stateroom. And there's weight <laughs> around everything, but we won't go into that here. No, not at all. We do not <laughs> no, um, we, advocate uh... for breaking no, we do Disney not advocate policy. For breaking Disney policy. But I've seen it too. Which <laughs> um, always makes me shake my head. I'm like, do you really need to get around the rules that badly? And they're But they're creative. Yeah, the reason oh, yes. for doing this was because People were leaving alcohol behind in their rooms. Mm-hmm. The crew members were getting it, taking it back to their quarters, which they're not allowed to have alcohol in their quarters. Ah. Uh, and then they'd show up on shift. Uh, plastic. Three to the wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Very That's why they have a crew bar, and they're allowed right. to have a crew bar on their time off as long as they still show up for their shift and they're not. Right, right. Wow. I could understand. I could understand. But they can that. also control how much people are drinking in the crew bar. So yes, right, absolutely. Oh, I'm sure there's a there's a maximum. Yeah. And on a side note, I'm looking at my sister's room right now. Concierge on the Magic has a fish. Yeah, it's I not thought, a starfish. I thought the and Magic and the Wonder were all fish, and they didn't change that till we got. They to the didn't change the fish. And the dream, yeah. Yeah, so the, even when they reimagined the magic, they left the fish. Yeah. And they didn't, they left the stateroom doors magnetic in concierge as well, where on the fantasy and the dream, they have those wooden veneers. Yeah. So. Makes it fun when you want to decorate your door. 
<laughs> I know. I feel sad for the know, concierge just... people who can't. So, so sad for those concierge oh. people who can't decorate their door. I don't feel sorry. <laughs> I, feel, I, don't, I don't even. I don't feel, I don't feel bad for them. Because they can still put banners on their fishes yeah. and things like that. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're worried about that. I know, right? In between their stone massages and whatever <laughs> other concierge stuff that, that they do. Don't those mean, concierge don't wanna, rooms don't are pretty offend nice. It. Hey now, don't hey now, anyone, don't, but... don't knock the stone massages. <laughs> I've had one. They're pretty good. Oh, I have no, two. I've, I've, I've had one too, but not on a Disney cruise line. <laughs> just, just yeah, my husband local. and I did a couple's did two couples massages when we went to uh, Alaska, and we had a couple of sea days, and so we did a massage each day, and we did the stem massage one time. I, I, I rather enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, we did the couple's massage on our honeymoon, but I don't remember doing the stone one. I think it was just a regular ah. regular old mas- massage. Just a regular one. Which I believe was my first time ever having that done at all. I've never had, which was fantastic because in my line of work, I should probably be getting one one a month yeah. to get to get myself yeah. right. <laughs> it's going to take um, more than a massage. Uh, yes, you're right. <laughs> true, true. Oh well, cool. That was that was good because I like I said I I knew nothing about any of this because it wasn't around the one and only cruise that I've been on. So I'm I'm actually pretty. Now, oh, I guess the other thing was, and I think you had said it during the thing. So it's not per person in in the room; it's just per room. So like you have, so like Melanie, you're you, you're a family of five, right? And I know I know you said sometimes depending on the stateroom, usually have right. two staterooms. Yes. So. If you have a fish extender on it, it's just for your room, so it wouldn't be for like you and your two daughters. They so, each wouldn't have their own. I, I only have one daughter, but that's okay. I'm sorry, no. I can, sorry. <laughs> no, you. What we do is for to make it simple for fish extender purposes, and so that I don't have a fish extender that's dragging the ground. <laughs> <laughs> is we have my daughter and I have one fish ex- mm. extender, and then the guys have their fish. My husband and the boys have their fish extender. Uh. So it, it, it makes us, and we're, our rooms are always very close together. And in the spreadsheets or the word documents that the organizers create, it's very simple to see that I have my, and we're not the only ones who will split their family into multiple staterooms. So it's very simple right. to see that the girls are listed in this stateroom, the boys are in that stateroom. However, we participate as a family unit. That means that if somebody is giving a stateroom gift or a family gift, we only get one. So we don't get like a stateroom gift for each stateroom. And it's pretty oh, right. easy to note that on a spreadsheet or a document that says, hey, if you're giving a group gift, consider us one group, even though we're in two rooms. That's a fairly common you. occurrence, especially yeah. with families like mine who have three or four kids and they're split up between staterooms. Organizers know how to handle that, and it's communicated very simply and effectively so that everybody gets their gifts delivered very easily. So, yeah, I, it, my daughter and I are on one. In fact, the top of ours just says the clap filter ladies, and then we have clap filter men on the other one. Super simple. Cool. That All way, right. oh, again, it, we're not dragging the ground with our fish extender. Right, right. Well, th- then it gets kind of out of hand if you're doing – you know, right. every, every individual in the room. So that, that's what I thought. I just but there, there are people it. that give fish extender gifts for each person in the room too. It's yeah, not so, necessarily that they just give one gift for the whole room. They they have their choice. They can do that, or they can say, "I'm going to give one I'm thing." Gonna, for yeah. Person. 
it, I like the individual gifts personally for me. I, I do one for each person. I think it's a little more personable for each each recipient, especially, you know, the teenage boys. It's always hard to buy for teenage boys. So I always make sure since I have teenage boys, I kind of know what to get for them. So I, I make sure that I, I, I do something that's personable for each one. Yeah, and sometimes what we'll do is we'll do a gift for the parents, so for the the two adults, mm-hmm. and then separate gifts for the kids. Right. Because then you Absolutely. can get specific. One might be a girl, one might be a boy, and I can split them up. So. And as you can see, there's no wrong way to do this. If you're going to no. do a parent gift, do a parent gift. If you want, I mean, get do the fish exchange how you want to do it. I said there's no rules, just fun. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like lots of fun. Yeah, that's cool. Seems like it gets can be pretty large groups. They can be people involved. In that. that's, normally, that's a lot of people to try well, to get stuff for. If you think about it, it's normally ten to fifteen staterooms. If groups get larger, what they'll do is they'll break it down into multiple groups. Like if you're on the fantasy and you have, you know, thirty families who want to do this, what they'll do is they'll break it into either two groups of 15 or three groups of 10. So if you're talking about 10 staterooms and three to four people per stateroom, that's, you know, 30 to 40 people there or, you know, you're dealing. Right, right, right. And my last cruise was a family reunion. So with the 30 of us, we just did a fish extender, a fish exchange group, sorry, with ourselves, which was so much fun buying fish exchange gifts or crafting fish exchange gifts for people I actually knew. <laughs> Not only that, but I'm going to have to see them again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So my yeah. gift better be good. That's what, we do with our, that's what we do with our disc peeps group, too. Can't so, just throw a bag of M&Ms in the thing. No, so it was actually really fun, and we got to you know get super creative, and if I was just stumped then I could always go to my cousin and like be like, okay, so what does your daughter really want? Is there something you can, you know, give me some help here. <laughs> and you can right, also right, do right. that too. If you are stumped and it happens to the best, most experienced exchanger, if you're stumped about what to get somebody, you're already in a Facebook group with them. Message them, talk to them. You're in this group to get to know them. Ask them. And you might be able to glean a few ideas just from having that conversation. So communicate, 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 but most importantly, have fun. All right, cool. Just another fun thing outside of the normal, like they said, this wasn't a, something that Disney had started. It was started by a by uh, super creative guests, my super creative guests. And it's just taken on, taken a life of its own. It's great that Disney doesn't put the kibosh on it as long as, it's it's done within reason and it's not disruptive or you know gets out of hand and i will and, say you know mean mean gestured and stuff like that so as long as everybody plays by the rules they'll probably leave it alone and it's a fantastic way to recognize your door from afar in that long corridor of stateroom doors that look the same <laughs> that banner really visually sticks out so you know where you're headed and that you're yeah, headed in the right definitely. direction not that i've ever headed in the wrong direction down those corridors before no, I've I've <sighs> never stumbled down a hallway. I've done it several times. It is so easy to get turned around on the ship like that. Oh, especially like, in am I aft or am I forward? You look down at the carpet. I know. And the starfish are pointing yep. forward. Yep. That's always how you know. 
And then yeah. you have to keep going until you find an elevator, and the elevators will say <laughs> what section of the ship you're actually in. Wow. It, it it's it, it can get confusing, and, and it's really disorienting when you find yourself. I would say lost. I mean, you know, you're in a corridor, but just. Right. It's disorienting thinking that you're aft when you're really forward or that you're on the starboard side when you thought you were port. It, it's, I just have to let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so next thing I wanted to, that I know I was very interested in and probably many people are who, who don't have friends that are involved in it or know, or I've dealt with these, uh, dealt with people like this is people who are independent travel agents for Walt Disney World or Disneyland for the Disney I guess it's for the Disney company but Milford is a is a travel agent and you can book trips through him and it's just always fascinated me about the process of how you would become one like what what credentials do you need and what is there a test or you know uh, how much information do you do you need to know? Is there a handbook, so on and so forth? Can you can DVC members book through these travel agents, or is they're exclusively on their own? So, just wanted Milford just to mention some some points on it. You know, with his experience of being a, a Disney travel agent. So I've been a travel agent now about four years. We started. I started down the path of getting involved in a travel agency at the time through what we call a host agency. Uh, those host agencies are sometimes a little frustrating because you're paying them money to basically get your foot in the door. There, there really is no training to prepare you for this other than traveling, other than what Disney provides, which I'll get to here in a minute. The, uh, the problem with host agencies is, is they get so big and they're all about collecting money and they're somewhat kind of like the MLM kind of thing. You sign up and then you sign people up under you and you know the whole Amway type business model for lack of better terms. Uh, I left that. A friend of mine and I uh, were both agents with this particular host agency and we tried to go on our own we found out that that was a very expensive proposition too. Pretty much anybody can get in and be a travel agency if you've got enough money. It was uh, quite a bit of money to get what's called a CLIA card, which is a cruise line industry association card, so that you can be official and get signed up with Disney. Uh, there's two, only two ways to get signed up with any of the vendors, and that's through either having a CLIA card or an IAT an IATA number, which is a, and I forget what IATA stands for. But <laughs> we, we actually, um, we, yeah. the agency I'm with now just got their IATA number. Uh, we were with CLIA before that, and we're actually still with CLIA, though they've converted our number. Uh, so we, we tried to go alone for a little while, and we had our business for about two years, and we decided the money that we were making wasn't enough to cover the expenses. So we signed up with another friend of ours that had 20 to 30 agents, or well, 10 to 15 agents, and that's where I'm at now, and that's where his wife is at now. There is training through most of the vendors, uh, and I'm going to talk about Disney-specific here. 
they have what's called the College of Disney Knowledge. And going through that training, you they test you on all your knowledge of Disney. So it helps that you've been to the parks. It helps that you've been on cruise line. It helps that you've been to Hawaii or been to uh, Disneyland. They don't ask you very many questions about Disneyland Paris or Tokyo or Hong Kong, but they do ask you about Disneyland, Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, and Alani. And then this last couple of years, they've started asking questions about Adventures by Disney. Because as a travel agent at Disney, you can book all those things. Once you get your College of Disney knowledge, you qualify to get a set of pins that they give you for passing the course. Uh, and then you also qualify for benefits as long as you have a CLIA card. So as a travel agent, I do have access to discounted tickets to the parks, discounted room rates, uh, all those different types of things. But getting there is is, is a challenge because you need to know know your uh, you need to know what you're selling. You know, one one of the one of the misnomers that people don't realize is they think, well, if I got to book through a travel agent, am I going to pay them extra money? Well, you're not really paying them extra money. You're you're still paying the vendor, that being Disney, for your trip. Disney brings on companies or travel agents to do their bidding because then they don't have to have somebody sitting on a phone. 12 to 15 hours a day answering calls from customers, they pay a travel agency a commission to actually book that trip for them. So the commission that your travel agent gets paid actually comes out of the money that you're paying Disney. You don't pay anything extra. But what you do get with a travel agent that booking with Disney will not give you is, as a travel agent, I'm always going to be looking for you the best deal. If I know you're booked on Disney Cruise Line for over Christmas and some deal comes up that can save you $500 on your trip, I'm going to call you and I'm going to say, hey, this is available and find out whether you want to change your reservations and hopefully save you some money. Same thing with staying at Disney World uh, or any of the other places, Alani, Disneyland. Uh, so you're always they're always getting the news about what kind of deals are out there because Disney has a habit of Releasing deals about three months out from somebody traveling. It's like right now, there's really good deals for this fall because they're afraid the crowds aren't going to be there. Another thing travel agents can do for you is help you with booking fast passes, getting your tickets if you didn't book a package. Uh, they're always going to try and talk you into booking a package because that's usually the best deal. Uh, they will also help you with making dining reservations, booking tours, again, constantly looking for better deals for you. They'll also help you with when's the best time of year to go. I get calls from people all the time. Well, you know, we're thinking about taking a trip, but we're not sure what time of year we want to go. You know, when are the less crowds? When is it not so crowded? And then they tell you they want to go at Christmas. <laughs> well, if you don't want crowds, you don't want to go at Christmas. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely not. No. Definitely not. So I, I know I went through that kind of quickly. Uh, did you guys have questions specific? I don't know everything about it because I'm not a travel agent, but I do. It, from talking with you on this podcast for the past almost four months now, I've I've learned a lot just from you sharing stories and stuff. And there are a few people I've 
started following on Twitter that are travel agents that I do see what they put out about it. But and you had mentioned, you know, you guys get first crack at like when deals come and and so on and so forth. Now for people who, like, say you book your trip, you know, a year in advance or something like that. Now I know Disney has all the reminders for all that stuff when you're 180 days. Now is that like do you, are you on top of that as well? Do you contact these people maybe like 182 days out? Hey, listen, in two days we got to start booking dining. Do you have stuff in mind? Do you need help with it? Same with fast passes. Like you know, at close to the 60 day mark, do you you know do you do you, you kind of step up and go to go to bat with them and say, hey, listen, give me give me stuff you really want to do. Are you are you, are you going kid heavy with stuff? Do you want to hit all the roller coasters? How do you want me to? manage fast passes and stuff like that or do they kind of just leave trust in you to pretty much cater and and book a full service vacation for them without much input from the guest well i mean it 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 can go either direction um we use there's a system on the disney travel agent site that's called my magic plus communication timeline and we actually can put in their reservation number and we know when they're going to get emails and mailers from Disney saying, hey, you've got this amount of days, so you need to be doing this, you need to be thinking about that. Disney does a lot of that work for us. Okay. Because they they are always in constant communication. The problem is they don't they're not gonna tell you there's a better deal out there for your trip. No, no, I know that. Um, yeah. But they will they do do a good job of making sure you know when your deadlines are for booking dining and things like that. Now, I also keep a file. So if I book somebody for, I'm just going to say, July 30th of next year for a trip, I'm going to put a a tickler in my calendar that says on January 25th, I'm going to start emailing you and asking you, hey, do I need to help you book dining? Uh, If they didn't book a package, you know, do you need tickets? Because they need to have their tickets in place before they get to 60 days so that they can book their fast passes uh, and things like that. So, Right. Oh, good. So that's good to know because I know – and I wasn't aware of the change until I started – did my fast passes for my recent trip because it used to be 60 days out, resort guests, you can book your fast passes, but it used to be at midnight. So I would either stay up late that night or yeah. set, you know, set an alarm. So come to find out, I guess they moved it to 7 a.m. Yeah. They've done that with which, everything actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get which I didn't know because I just I, I don't keep on top of all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I booked the trip and yeah, that's now that actually, was it. I didn't worry about it. It's now actually seven a.m. for fast passes, seven a.m. for rooms that were released the previous day. So if you're looking for a different room or if you're trying to book something and there wasn't a room available, right? You got to call at seven o'clock the next morning. Uh, gotcha. Same thing for dining. It used to be you could get on the dining website at midnight and look and see what yeah. opened up the previous day. No, yep. not anymore. It's 7 a.m. It's all 7 a.m. Yeah. Huh. Which stinks. Which stinks. I was going to say, I kind of like the midnight thing better. Yeah, because not everybody seven, does that. <laughs> well, Great that, for people on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's for, I, I'm on the East Coast, so 7 o'clock in I the honest, morning. I honestly you're... believe that's the reason why they did it. Yeah, you're probably right. But you know, seven o'clock in the morning couldn't it be a couldn't it be a worse time trying to get you know kids to school, off to work, and just the other morning absolutely. craziness that normally goes on. And it's like okay, 
And now uh, I gotta go on. I gotta go be on the phone for a half hour now. So and now if, stop, stop world while I book my vacation. <laughs> and now if you're on the west coast, it's three a.m. or four a.m. Right, which you know that's horrible. I mean, it's not as bad. It's that's a pain, but I'd rather stay up know. till midnight. Oh, I I would have too. The only other major thing that I'm that I wondered about, like I said, I I know the answer to, but I just for for the interest in providing information is you're not affiliated with DVC anyway in any way. So people who are DVC members who want to use their points, they they cannot can they book through you or they still have to uh, going through the DVC member site is the only way. Yeah, see that's the hard that's one of the disappointing things is that if I'm working with somebody on a on a cruise vacation and they decide they're going to use Disney vacation points for that cruise, which I will always try and talk them out of doing. I was just going to say that. Not, and not <laughs> just from the point of view of, yeah, I'm going to get paid a commission on it, but also from the point of view, it's a, just a bad use of your points. Yes. They have to do that through Disney Vacation Club. And actually that one, they have to do by calling them. Right. You know, anything with a resort on it, they can actually do through their website, but uh, they can't do cruise line if they're going to use their points through the website. It's even difficult for a person if they're going to book a uh, bounce back cruise on the cruise line and they want to okay. use their points. That gets right. confusing even. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I can only imagine. So, However, if you do an onboard booking, meaning you book your next cruise while you're still on your current cruise and you go for that discount, that 10% plus the stateroom credit, you can transfer that reservation to your home travel agent as long as you do yep. that within 30 days. Yep. So do that within 30 days of getting off that ship so that you will have that service of your agent. So. And, and if you booked your cruise you're on with a travel agent and you rebook a cruise, it will automatically be associated to that travel agent. Exactly. So oh, nice. think about mm-hmm. that, too, if you decided that you didn't like the travel agent that you don't have. Because you might need Maybe. to tell Cruise Line that because once they sign it to that cruise, that travel agent, it's a major pain to get it moved. Exactly. Oh, I see. So, I yes. So. Good to know. Speaking cool. from right, well, experience. Yeah, good. No, that, that's definitely good to know. <laughs> yeah. So, the other thing about DVC is that, you know, yeah, we're, we don't have any involvement with DVC at all. The only thing we can do is, is we can book cash reservations at a DVC resort. So if you call me up and say, I don't want to stay in a normal hotel room, I want something huge, and you want you know, a studio or a, or a one-bedroom suite at one of the Disney vacation resorts, we can book it for you. Everything okay, has a price. Know, too. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I think a lot of people either forget that or don't realize that, that the, the vacation club properties still offer regular rooms at a rack rate so right. or or whatever so you can they're not exclusively there are certain sections that are exclusively dvc but the rest of the resorts are is is open to anybody who who's willing to pay for it yeah they're not going to turn you down you know if they're not getting somebody there on on their point system they'll get somebody there paying cash yeah and that's the other thing if, if, if the occupancy's down for a particular time of year they sometimes offer some really attractive rates for Disney Vacation Club resorts. Yeah, absolutely. I've got rooms as much as 50% off. Yeah, definitely, just because they want to get bodies there. Yeah. And that's fantastic. If you can, you know, that's like, yeah, that's like, I mean, 90s, one that's bedroom, like 90s pricing. <laughs> for one bedroom, you're talking typically rack rate 700 750 a night. For yeah, one absolutely. Bedroom. 
Right. Yep. You can get it for 50% off. That's huge savings. That's fantastic. And now I got a washer and dryer. I got a refrigerator. I got a stove. Not yeah. that I like to cook on vacation, but. No, but, you know, I mean, for people who travel with kids, it's a nice. Absolutely. It's a nice option to have because I know when we would, not to go completely off topic, but traveling with my three kids from when they were small and, you know, my oldest is, is 11 and a half now, when we would drive down, we would load up the car with you know, a couple boxes of macaroni and, you know, cooler. We'd stop at the uh, the Publix on the way in and grab, like, you yep. know, Eggo waffles and stuff like that and cream cheese and butter and, you know, because just sometimes you just, you know, you always need that break. But when you're when you're got small children in hand, they they sometimes would rather just go hang out in the pool in the hotel and they think bouncing off the beds for, for two hours is the best thing in the world. So you got to go with the flow. And so it's nice depending on where you are on some of these giant resorts to not have to hump all the way to the wherever the eatery is and yep. buy stuff and walk it back. You just throw a pot of water and some macaroni on and, and you know, and it's easy. And for most kids, that'll keep them happy for a while. Yeah. So that's, that's great. And I, and to just add one more thing that I recently came to know about on the DVC DVC end is, uh, as, as we were getting closer to our trip, we, my wife and I decided we're with our kids for this one. So we decided we booked a lot of the the tours and some of this special adult things that you can do down there that you, that you need to be 18 and older to do. You know, so we're doing a Key City Kingdom tour. We're doing the Wild Africa Trek. And we're doing a DVC event that they're doing at the Animal Kingdom. Uh, it's like a member-only thing, like an after-hours thing. It's 9, nine to midnight one night i was able to get a booking at for the trader sam's event that they're doing in correlation with food and wine it's like a behind the scenes mixology thing over at trader sam so that's going to be awesome but this was multiple phone calls i didn't do it all on the same phone call because it kind of happened as that we kept going back and forth but so what dvc is doing now when you call them it's a new program that they started where if you like the I guess they're not really called agents. If I'm not sure what what they what they're called, but if you like the the person you're speaking with on the other end of the phone, they all have extension numbers now. So, and if you oh. if you if you only if you book a reservation with them, not if you just call with a question. So, if you book a reservation with them, whether it be a trip, a dining reservation, or a tour, you can ask them for their. It's a. It was a pilot program. Now it's. I believe it's in full effect now. You can ask them for their four-digit extension. So then, next time you call, it says after you put your member number in and so on and so forth, it'll say if you know your party's extension, dial it now or at any time. However, the message plays, and you can type in that four-digit thing, and it'll bring you right to that same agent. Now, over the years with DVC, I've had some great people and. They always tell you their name, but they were never allowed to give you last name, so you never really. Yeah. You know, he, he he could say his name was, you know, Alan, and you could say, "Hey, uh, I talked to Alan two months ago." And they're like, "All right, you know, we have five Alans, you know." So now, like the last person I talked to, spoke with her two different times, and her name was Angie. She was great, and I got her her number. And so now anytime I call DVC, I'm always going to just type her number in because it's got to be great for them too to get the – I don't – I'm assuming they work on some sort of a commission. I really don't know. Maybe they don't. But it's got to be great for them to get repeat customers and people who ask for them as in with any type of public service job. But So that was just a little thing I'm, I would – just to share with people who are DVC members who listen that if they weren't aware of it, I, I believe it's in full circle now. The last – 
time I spoke to them was probably about a month ago, and she was able to give me her number, so it must be all rolled out. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, no, definitely. And, so, and on that can... same note, with Travel Agent, everybody that calls Disney has the same, you know, WDW Dine or WDW whatever to call to book their stuff or to book it online. We have our own engine for booking online. We have our own phone line that we can call to Disney to get kind of backdoored into the reservation call center. So sometimes that can work to your advantage. So you always want to keep that in mind. If you're not using a travel agent and you don't want to mess with it, you know, travel agent has access to that stuff. So, Oh, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. And with how complex, I mean, so much has changed in the last few years at Walt Disney World with the integration of the Magic Bands. Making fast passes early, depending on where you're staying, whether you're staying on site or off site, ADRs for your dining reservations, all, all kinds of things have changed in the last 10 years. And I really think that if, whenever somebody asks me, should I use a travel agent? I'm like, when was the last time you went to Walt Disney World? <laughs> and if it's not within the last few years, I, I, I really suggest they kind of consider it. Because they're going to need someone who is knowledgeable, somebody who can, is in, not only is knowledgeable, but somebody who's excited to share this information. If your travel agent is not excited about talking to you about Disney, that's a red You need flag. to find a different agent. That's yeah, it. you need to find a different agent. No, because definitely. I'm not a travel agent, and when somebody asks me about making fast passes, I'm like, let's sit down and get a cup of coffee. Let's talk fast passes. I love sharing that information, and I'm not yep. even an agent. I my primary focus is Disney Cruise Line, and I love talking about Disney World. So, you know, if you've not traveled to Walt Disney World in the last few years, given the technology changes that have been integrated into the parks and the pre-planning that is now, it's not even optional anymore. You used to be able to wing it at the parks. It, you can't anymore. You have to have at least a baseline plan. Even if you're not somebody who's going to schedule your day to the nines, and I, I don't suggest that either, but having a partner, somebody who's excited, as excited as you are about your trip, who can say, hey, maybe let's not make that fast pass first thing in the morning because you're probably going to be able to walk right on, you know, or someone who can say, you know what, if you book this dining reservation, you're going to get priority seating for this event. You know, things that the average lay traveler is not going to know. Right, that right. that's when I seriously suggest high you know working with a knowledgeable travel agent. Right. And if and if you don't want to work with a travel agent or if that's not your road, then by all means she's not on with us tonight, but please go visit Adrian's website because our Jedi Master Planner will help you out with any scenario you can possibly need. WDWbound.com yeah. <laughs> or That's you right. can ask us any questions on Facebook.com slash Diz Explorers. We love talking about Disney. If you couldn't tell already. For reals. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, we definitely would would like to get more engaged with our audience as far as on the social aspect. So yeah, please please reach out to us in any way. We're all we're all on there. We you know we give our social media accounts every week and stuff so it's great to hear from people. all of these changes were new to us as well at one time we're just so used to incorporating all these changes <laughs> yep no doubt and the and the no only doubt. other thing i'll say about travel agency is is if if you're going to use a travel agent and you're going to ask them to quote something for you 
think about their time that they have involved in that. Because understand, they don't get paid for it until you book, until after you travel. If you mm-hmm. ask them to quote something and then you go call Disney on your own and book it, they didn't get a dime. They didn't get paid for their time at all. It's almost like and, working and with a real estate agent. Almost. They, they don't pay almost. I mean, the agents don't get paid until you've actually That's right. closed the deal. You've closed your trip out. That's when they receive their yep. commissions. So yep. absolutely. Yep. That's a good point. And, and if a travel agent tries to charge you a fee for their services, take a tell them to take a eye. Yeah, call me. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, you can even report them. I'm sure there's some way to report that. Well, practice. no, not really because <laughs> there's not a lot of the a lot of the travel agents are starting to charge a fee. Mm, so really? uh, what a lot of the travel agents are starting to do is they're starting to charge you a hundred dollars to work with you. Mm-hmm. If wow, you really? book and you travel, you get your hundred dollars back. So it's oh, kind it gets of, waved. Oh, it's, it's like, like an insurance return. policy. It's kind of like a retainer fee. I get so it. It's basically oh, I get that say, too. Yeah, I'm going to do the work for you, but if you don't book with me, you don't get your hundred dollars back. Right. And I can kind of see. It. Now, I don't do it, that personally. I right. I thought about going to that mode, and then, and I think about it some more, and then I talk to my wife and talk to my friends, and they're like, "Nah, it's probably not a good idea." So yeah, I mean, I, I could understand it if if people have gotten burned in the past, or like you said, they're putting tons of work into it and and doing the research and everything for you, and then they like and then they decide not to do it. I, I I get where that can be frustrating because for many people, I know for you, you have a you have a full time job, so this yeah. is something you do on the side as someone who enjoys helping other people with these experiences, so they have a great time. Same reason why Melanie's doing what she's doing with the cruise line and why Adrian does what she does with her blog and her website and Jessica as well uh, on the Disneyland side. It's it's all a hobby for all of us because it's just a love we've had for this Disney empire. And it's overwhelming for people, especially mm-hmm. now for, to go for their first time. Uh, I don't want to spin off into that whole other tangent because we could definitely do yeah, a no, show we on, don't want to do that on first timer stuff. But you know, I, I I'm 40. I first time I went was 1980. I was four years old. And even as I got older, it was a much simpler time then with, with going to Disney world. It was other than being expensive. It was a fairly easy vacation. Now, it's just because of how it's grown and how society and technology has come about. It's it's complex. It's complex, and I, I'm sure it turns a lot of people off. And, you know, I know I wasn't on board with the whole fast regular fast passes I was cool with. The paper ones were great. I, I was definitely not on board with the My Magic Plus when it first came on. And, and you know, I do it because you have to. You know, for this upcoming trip, I I do, I do not have fast passes booked for every day, and I do not have dining booked for every day. I think we have one dining reservation at Kona Cafe. You sound um, like me. My next one, I'm and, going rogue and doing the same thing. But you know what? For a party of two, and we've done mm-hmm. it before, you can walk up to a lot of restaurants lot of and time. say, as long as you're flexible, which my wife and I are, I don't have to eat dinner at a certain time or lunch right. or breakfast. Yep. We can show up at 5.30, say, at, like, the Plaza on Main Street, which is a restaurant we both love. Okay, party at 2. All right, well, we really don't have anything till 7 o'clock. All right, cool. We'll go mosey around Main Street or whatever and come back in an hour. Isn't it, you know, it's a whole different trip when you're adulting at Walt Disney World. Yeah, the so, biggest you know, complaint I hear from people is, well, we can't get be our guest. I said, no, you yeah. can't be get be our guest because you're not flexible. If you go, right. if you want to eat lunch at Be Our Guest and you show up at one you you're going to walk right in. 
because they're getting ready or, to shut lunch down. Yeah. Or if you want to eat dinner, <laughs> go while the fireworks are going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's late, but still. You're uh, on so what? My- yeah, I think they say that, too, because when you try, you're on the website, you're trying to get those reservations. It will tell you no tables available. And they oh, want to have a plan. They want to know where they're going to eat that night. So they end up taking a reservation somewhere else instead of winging it and possibly getting shut out of everywhere. Right. So when the system tells you there's no reservations, you kind of, it, it, it's a defeating thing in one time, but you, you have, you tend to switch modes and go into alternate plans. So yes, most definitely, most definitely. But I, I've been the lucky recipient of one of those walk-ups at Be Our Guest before, and it yeah, made our day. I, it made our day. Yeah. We went, my brother and I went when they did the Passholder Preview weekend that November mm-hmm. of 2012. Yes. My brother and I went on a solo trip, just the two of us. We went for three days. We were probably and, there at the same time. Yeah. And we <laughs> walked up that, I think we did a th- Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or, or Sunday, maybe it was four, whatever it was. So we went there on the, I think it was probably the, whatever day it was. We went to be our guest. Mm-hmm. We got in line about 10 o'clock because it opened at 1030. The line wasn't even 50 people deep. I mean, the park wasn't that crowded. It's in November in the middle of school year. So, but we walked right in and, and had lunch and it was great. Mm-hmm. And we actually ate, we actually ate lunch with, cause we met up with him, the fellow who runs Reedy Creek Radio. Um, <gasps> Oh, uh, with Byron, yes. with Byron. Yeah, uh, we were tweeting. My brother was tweeting with him, and we actually met up with him in Epcot. Him and and Jeff, the theme park EMT. Uh, so we met up with the two of them, and we actually hung out with Byron and his family a couple days, and we ended up eating at Beer Guest with them and Wonderful. walked around and saw Illumination. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. It was really, really great. It's, I got some got some good pictures with them and stuff. What I I could post up on the on the, on, the, on the website, but yeah, we and that was during you know passholder preview. So it's like you know. You know, we got to the only thing that wasn't done then was the mine train, but you know, mm-hmm. under the sea and Bell and and everything, you know, everything except the mine train, and it was it was just really cool to be able to do that. Uh, we actually met, I believe his name is Brad, who runs uh, Stitch Kingdom. Mm. He was there too, so we ran into him too. So that was you know that was pretty cool, you know. So for in the Disney universe, social media universe, it's for somebody like me, it's you know that stuff is pretty cool, you know, even though it's. You know, it's in the in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal to meet somebody. But people who have like the social media presence that you interact with and that you you know do things with, and it's nice to hang be... out at Disney with people who get Disney like we do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I so, always you know, try I... and meet up with a couple of my friends that are other podcasters down there. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I always okay, so when I try to run into Amanda Tinney, who has where's Amanda? <gasps> yep. It's always someplace different. Yes. Yep. I love her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping to catch a few people when I'm down there. Just some locals that are there. Our own Crystal, hopefully, and I, I can uh, get to meet her face to face and and hang out for a bit. And you know anybody else who's around, I'll you know I'll I'll be a pain on social media to everybody. Yay! <laughs> when, when I'm down there, hey, I'm here. I'm nobody, but I'm here. You are not. <laughs> okay, so. We've done some damage for the three of us. We've gotten a lot of great information out to all of you, so I think this is a good time to wrap this up. I do want to say that next Monday, which is September 19th, RJ, this is for you. It is International Uh Talk Like a Pirate Day. 
It most certainly is. It really is, and that's coming up in a week. So, you know, get out your shiver me timbers and look out for Facebook shenanigans and Jack Sparrow memes and, you know, rum cocktails at your local watering hole, all that good stuff. If you're on Facebook, go follow the unofficial Jack Sparrow page. Yes. Very, very, very funny. It's not me, unfortunately, but that dude is pretty funny. And he's already, today, he was already posting stuff about <laughs> Talk is, Like a Pirate Day. Why so. is the rum always gone? <laughs> uh, well, I, I know why the rum's always gone, but it's not mm. that type of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of our mini sounds. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so, so, as we bring this one to a close, we'll. We'll give our social media how to get a hold of us to the members that are here and for the missing And you can find that on DizExplorers.com And so you'll be able to find them there. And you can just go to the Diz Explorers website, which is lots of fun. There's lots of great episodes on there. And Jessica's always putting up something interesting for everybody to take a look at. Badges, pictures pictures of us, and... Today she had little quiz things going on Instagram, which my son was excited about because he got them right. So <laughs> <laughs> you're raising that kid right. <laughs> Absolutely, that was what I put in the comment too <laughs> for him. I was like, "Oh, he's getting raised right." So, so that's awesome. Yes. So, yeah, so definitely follow us on our, our social media accounts. And Melanie and Milford will give out theirs now. You can find me at dclprepschool.com is my website. You can find. All of our discussions on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Prep School. And I, my handle on Twitter is DCL Prep School. And on Instagram, it's DCL Prep. So come join the seaworthy shenanigans over there. It's a fun group. Also, before Milford says, is it, Melanie, you have a an email that people can sign up for, right? That, that they can Absolutely. Get? You can... When you are on dclprepschool.com, you can sign up for email updates right at the top of the web, right at the top of the page. And I typically send out emails to the group about once a week. It's always me. I'm never spammy. So it's always coming straight from me. It's not some Autotron Autobot. And usually my emails are fun tips, um, fun happenings that are going on in the world of Disney cruise line or neat anecdotes, things that have happened to me on the cruise ship or to my family. So I I keep it fun. Never spammy. Cool. So, and and you can sign up for that on dclprepschool.com. Nice. Okay. Milford. You can find me over on milfordhutzel.com. That's my Milford on the move pod or a blog. (laughs) Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Milford Hutzel, and uh, Milford on the Move, and Milford on Move on Twitter. And I also wanted to mention that as of today, uh, the Diz Explorers podcast is now also available on in the Google Play Store. Yeah, so one more venue for people to be able to download. Awesome. So, so no excuses, people. There's no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> We've got every device. That's covered. right. We're, we're in the big times now. We're all like over it. the place. Cool. All right. So, and me, you can follow along with my hijinks and shenanigans on Facebook at RJ Lucia Jr., Instagram, Twitter, and Periscope at BlackPearl454. I will try to do a bunch of Periscoping next week while I'm down there. 
Yes. As much as I, I I'm probably going to go through toggle between Periscope and maybe uh, the Facebook Live thing seems to be very popular now. So maybe I'll do some stuff on that because I have. Fo- do you Snapchat yet? I have not, but since <gasps> since I saw your your funny pictures, I may. My wife does it. <laughs> My wife does it, and the kids love playing with all the funny filters, especially my four-year-old, and they think it's hysterical. She never Snapchats anybody. She just likes taking the pictures right. on the phone, and, and the mm-hmm. kids get a kick out of Doing it. Doing the story. Yes. Yeah. So There's a tiara one today. I, I saw that. You looked, oh. you looked very regal. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, I do uh, what I can. I do what I can. Those filters are immensely helpful. So I, They're very flattering. But, yes, I mean, <laughs> and you can find me at DCL Prep School on Snapchat. My daughter rolls her eyes at me. <laughs> has to help me use it because apparently I'm way too old, but yeah, it is well, still so much fun. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll get the same thing. Yeah, I, I will do as much as I can without annoying my wife and actually. Yes, enjoy and, and not the get, park and not getting in trouble. So, um, <laughs> so with that, that wraps up this episode. You can find us at thedizexplorers.com. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on. Instagram, Jessica takes care of all our social media accounts and she is awesome at it. So please go and check us all out, follow us, and that is that. So thank you all for listening. We all really appreciate it. I love the feedback. I've been getting some some direct messages on Twitter from different people about things and I really enjoy that. Uh, the only thing I ask is share with the... I always share it with the rest of the group. But uh, we all love getting getting feedback uh, good back or indifferent it, it just helps us and and lets us know that people are listening and enjoy what we're putting out and that we're not just uh rambling about things that we want to hear ourselves talk about <laughs> so thanks again for listening and we will talk to everybody next week well i won't because i'll be in disney world so enjoy enjoy a pirate free episode next week take care night night